0: I'm Euro. I'm Chris. And this is Forkbomb. Friday, January 22nd, 2021. And in this episode, we're talking about home labs.
1: And we are are super, super late. How are you doing, Euro?
0: (laughs) Good, good. We got that that delay from, uh, I believe you're in that Martian space station. So, uh, like in the show The Expanse, we have a a 700 second delay <laughs> i'm kidding but sort of um i know we're really really late with this episode uh first we were late and then we were super late and uh so let me explain part of it so the first reason why we're late is because i uh i recently became a dad congratulations yay thanks i got my uh, my own little minion and uh and and it's a girl and i'm really hoping that uh She'll be into all of this cool technology stuff. I'm definitely going to be, uh, you know, putting her around uh, the retro hardware. And I got this little Super Nintendo thing. Um, you can load different kinds of games on it. It's, 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 it's tiny and it's got this little HDMI. Now, it's uh, one of those Super Nintendo classics, which I, of course, modded and now you can play anything on it. Uh, but yeah, so I, I put one of those in, in her room, even though she's an infant and can't even hold up a controller or her own bottle. She's got it. And therefore, that means I get to play it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to bring her into this world and, and uh, uh, of uh, computing and things like that. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see what she's into. Whatever she's into, I'll be into. So, if she likes uh, Jar Jar Binks, then I guess I'll be dressing up like Jar Jar Binks for her birthday. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: s- super happy for you, dude. And uh, the- Thanks, man. The other reason that we're late is because- I messed up the recording. And by messed up, I mean I deleted my recording um, accidentally, clearing out my downloads folder. Because like an idiot, I recorded into my downloads folder, which will never, ever happen again. But everybody's doing it. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, we had the whole episode already done. um, and, uh, And this was actually before my daughter was born. We wanted to make sure that we had enough time. Uh, so, so, you know, because in the beginning I'd be busy with my daughter and all that, but, uh, but anyway, so that happened. And so now we're late, uh, but whatever it gets, uh, it gives us another opportunity to have another episode, which is great. And we get to hang out again, uh, which is what the whole point of this whole thing is. And we're here now. And we're here now. And so, uh, we'll, we'll get to talk about home labs again. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to... I guess I have a little bit of an intro to home labs, is kind of an explanation of what a home lab is. And uh, I don't know if you want to take a stab at it, Chris. If not, I will.
1: A uh, home lab is running your own servers, or in today's parlance, running your own cloud. I hate that term so much. Uh, but uh, normally, um, when you're on the web or doing anything on the internet, you're using somebody else's servers. Uh, running a home lab means you are running your own servers and your own services to do your own things and own your own data.
0: Yeah. And since you and I are pretty hardcore, we own our own, uh, you know, metal. So we host our own metal. We have everything here. We're using up our own power and our own internet, uh, because that's the type of people we are. So, uh. Well, so where do we go from here? Yeah. Um. What you said. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you actually, what was your first home lab?
1: And I wanted to ask you uh why have a home lab?
0: Let's do that one first. So why have a home lab? Um You could just well, uh me,
1: you could just, you know, get uh get some uh get servers on Amazon or DigitalOcean or you know, just give all your data to Dropbox or Google Drive or um mm-hmm listen to all your music on Spotify. So, I mean, why would you even bother hosting your own stuff when it's so easy just to let someone else do it for you?
0: And probably cheaper too. Um, well, in my opinion, you don't really get the same experience. I mean, here you get to build your own from scratch. And that means getting all the hardware pieces, which is probably my favorite part, um, and and putting it all together, learning how it all works. Um, you know, that... That to me is uh, it's just one of those things that it's definitely worth it. You at least want to try it once before you go out and, and just kind of use one of these services that are already doing it for you. Um, the experience is invaluable. Uh, and if you're into computing and things like that, um, chances are you're really going to enjoy building your own home lab. Um, it, it's just one of those things where even if you do it once and you have it set up and okay, maybe this thing isn't for me, the learning experience of getting there um, to the point where you finally say that uh, is definitely worth it. So and, and you know for for me it's it's definitely the experience of doing it. Now I, now I have it and I host it I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, another another item too, and I think you briefly touched upon it is that you get to keep your own data. So it doesn't belong to anybody else it's it's yours. you're responsible for it. it's your data um, nobody can go snooping through it unless you of course leave everything open uh, which nobody would ever do that. Um. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things. You, you own your own data. You know, this is your own thing. Uh, you could bring it anywhere you want uh, with you, and um and yeah. So that's a, that's another one of those reasons uh, that that people would build their own uh, instead of entrusting their data with uh, somebody
1: else. Um. Yeah. Pretty much the same reason here. Um. So in. In my job, I've been, I've been a web developer. I've been an IT guy. Now, um, I've been a systems administrator. Now I'm a DevOps engineer. And at work, I'm not touching any of the hardware. I'm not setting any of the underlying Linux operating systems up anymore. That's all done for me. But because I still continue to do all this stuff at home, because I still continue to, um, provision my own services and keep up with how all the underlying technology still works. It makes me a more capable, uh, technician troubleshooter, um, all around well-rounded employee at my job. Um, because I look at it from all sides, not just what Amazon is presenting me, um, on the outside for their host of services. I know what the operating systems are doing underneath. I know how the networking works. I know how to run my own Kubernetes stack. I know how to set up my own storage, my own VLANing, all that stuff. So um, keeping up with all the stuff at home is not only fun, but it makes me uh, much better at my trade.
0: Yep. And I, I completely agree um, I feel that this has made me um it' just made me i don't want to say the better worker, but uh it's definitely made me more knowledgeable at my job so uh and it's and it's incredibly fun it's it, you know if if you're passionate about this kind of stuff it it's definitely fun to to do it and um or or at least try um <clears throat> okay, so then I'll go with my question what was your first home lab?
1: Let's see. I guess the first server that I was running for any length of time was when I was in college. I had a Windows... I had a desktop that I had Windows 2000 running on that I was just using as a file server. Um, I forget why I was doing it. I was um, also sharing it with one of my roommates at the time, so we were uh, both using it. Um, And then... After that, shortly after that I started getting into Linux, so I think my first home lab after that was um a Pentium 3 Dell desktop that I was running um some early form of Ubuntu on, I think.
0: Oh, nice. I I think mine was similar. Uh I remember I vaguely remember running Windows XP on mine. And again, uh, that the same as yours. I uh, had file sharing turned on, and I, it was just basically a file server. Um, and for hardware, uh, it may have been a little bit more more advanced than than that because it was later, you know. So, you know, that's why um, I think I was running like an AMD Thunderbird, one point three gigahertz, something like that, uh, with five twelve megs of RAM, maybe a gig. It's it's been a while. Uh, but what I do remember though, from that c- computer was the case. Cause it was one of those Antec cases that had the doors that would open. So it was like a Antec file server case that later on, um, I think it was chain tech or something like that. They made a case that was really similar. I almost thought they copied, uh, which I guess they called the dragon case or something. Anyway, gamers were using it and stuff, putting liquid cooling inside and everything. But I was just using it as a file server. Um, great case. That's what I remember the most uh, about that um about that uh home lab but yeah it was just uh just a file server it was on all the time though you know and uh and uh, i'm sure i i had minimal security on it i think it was running a vast antivirus and uh, or evg uh and um and possibly what remote desktop that's it yeah hmm so that was my first one um but yeah it's 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 been uphill from there uh, with uh, each each later home lab that, that was built. Um, so, w- w- what inspired you to build your home lab?
1: Um, nothing really inspired me, it just kind of grew organically. Um, I'm actually looking at uh, earlier iterations of my setup right now. Um, and I don't have pictures of the earliest ones but... Um, I think it started as just a single you know a single computer with a single hard drive and um then at one point i was running a pentium 4 with an ex uh dell with an external hard drive um, that i had gotten from a recycling center uh that turned into i had an old media center pc that um i realized once we upgraded our tv couldn't play high definition video so that quickly got repurposed um uh, and um Then I had this little tiny Foxconn PC. Um it was um very small, the size of a the size of just a tiny thin client, uh but it ran on an Atom processor that was hooked up to a couple of external hard drives, but still nothing uh, really fancy network-wise, you know, just hooked up to the basic um the same switch that the Wi-Fi was hooked up to. Uh, But then eventually I decided, you know what? I want to do something um, that's actually planned and actually built out and um, something that I um, could spend a decent chunk of change on that would last me for a long time, uh, that would be able to um, grow with my needs. So I ended up getting, uh, getting a proper... Um a proper managed switch, a couple of uh, dedicated machines, a um, uh, proper network attached storage and i'm I'm going to go into all the details about that later, but um to, to answer your question it just uh kind of grew and grew and grew over time each time I would just want to do something more and something better and um, so my inspiration was just always uh how can I make this better?
0: Okay. How about you? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, for me, I had seen... Uh, so, so a buddy of mine, Greg, that uh, that you also knew, um, he lived with his roommate at the time. Um, I think it was Dan at the time. And Dan had a server that was a, a Dell, probably like a T4600 or something like that. Uh, anyway, it was just one of those workstation PCs, nothing big, no, no, nothing major, and uh, and he had this thing under his bed, and it was sideways and all that stuff, and it had a, you know, some drives in there, and so I asked him what what that was, and he's like, yeah, that's my that's my home server, that's my lab, and uh, and I you know he was running file server, if, what is it, file sharing services on that, and uh, I was like. Wow. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I mean, I could totally use that to back up all my data. And so, then I wanted to do my own. Uh, you know, so, that was that was one of my inspirations was, you know, just seeing this thing underneath his, you know, under his bed and, and it was just on and it's on all the time, probably full of dust and stuff, but it worked. Um, another one was, and actually that was a bit before that, uh, when my dad has his company, he had a, um, a system that I built for him. I built one of those beige, it had one of those beige cases that were, they were made for file servers. They had, um, lots of bays, lots of five and a quarter bays, like huge. And it had wheels and it was beige, like, like this big beige box that, that had wheels and two power supplies, two full power supplies. Um and uh, I believe it was a dual Pentium two or dual Pentium three seven hundred something like that I think that's what it was and it was running Windows two thousand and I had to set that up for him so that they could use uh programs like uh, I think it was like QuickIn or something like that and so they had QuickIn and multi user mode and and then they had their file server and all that stuff and and they were using that and remote desktop and so that was another inspiration you know I saw that I built that for them and I'm like man I I could do this at home. So between that and then Dan's machine, I was like, "That's it. That's that's exactly what I want to do." So that was kind of like how I got inspired. Plus, you know, the whole tech thing. I love having hardware and stuff around.
1: Nice. Uh, yeah. So,
0: you want to talk about your current home lab? Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I've got to stop saying um.
0: Um. 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 <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's talk about that, and let's talk about what we. Well, before we talk about the current ones, uh, let's talk about what we did with our older ones. How about that? So, besides uh, besides uh, sharing files, what else were you doing? Oh, at the time,
0: I think I was just sharing files, you know, and and, and you know, just backing up stuff. Um, actually, it was weird the way that I used to back up stuff back then. Was just I would just throw files in there. I, I wouldn't have an actual. Uh, backup scheme, you know, I, I wouldn't use... I, it was later. It was later when I started to use, and I think it was like Windows backup, you know, something that would do these, these incremental backups uh, using, you know, just some simple Windows services. Uh, later on, I started to use something called Mosey and then I would have the Mosey backup going and everything. And I actually used that in a company that I worked... For, and they were using Mosey, so that was pretty easy. Um, so, the, you know, then Mosey was good because it would compress and everything compresses data. So would Windows, but, you know, Mosey just seemed to be a, a pretty lightweight program and, and the compression was good. Uh, so, yeah, at the time I was just throwing files in there and then if I would wipe my computer or whatever, I would just have to reinstall everything. There were no images or anything like that made, but then I would just recover all my files from that server or I would just access them from there. So that was pretty much my, my use back then for that. Gotcha.
1: Mine was file serving as well, uh, typical Samba file, uh, file serving. But uh, even with my Linux servers, they were still sharing up via Samba because that's the most widely used protocol, um, the most compatible anyways. But even in the early days, I was hosting my own websites and running my own SSH servers. I remember my, um, my portfolio site used to be ran on on that Pentium 3 uh, Linux rig that I used to have, and I remember um, learning about uh, how to how to track how many people looked on my website, and uh, how to set up Apache, and how to get um, port forwarding going with SSH. Early on, and I remember the first time I tried doing all of that stuff, um, it was a little difficult. But once I finally got it, it um, it was such a Good experience. Now this is all stuff I can do in my sleep, but that first time, you know, it was um quite a learning experience.
0: Come on. We all know you were using GeoCities <laughs> back then.
1: I never used <laughs> GeoCities. To no? tell you the truth. Oh never man. Did.
0: Yeah, I think I talked about this in a previous episode, but um I remember running my uh my first website, which was uh, called the Wing Commander Cafe Cafe. And I must have made that back in like 97 or something. I was a big Wing Commander nut. I loved all the Wing Commander games and everything. And so, I I had decided to make its own website with a chat. It had its own chat um, portion, its own chat area. Hmm. Uh, That was, I think, using some really early version of Java and or was it ActiveX x or something whatever it is it's unsafe now but uh but back then i was using it and of course nobody was on this chat thing so i had to practically beg people to go to my site so we could chat and then they would chat about anything else but wing commander <laughs> so yeah but uh that was my i i know we're getting off topic but uh guys anyway, City. it's
1: supposed to be wing commander <laughs> talk about wing commander come on stop
0: talking about seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um good for you that's great that you ran apache i was over there using GeoCities and and they it had its own tracker and all that and oh and remember those under construction sites oh of course definitely got to remember those yep so all right um well that was fun uh do you want to talk about your current home lab i would love to Unless you want to go through the evolution of your home lab, then we can talk about your second home lab server.
1: Nah, nah. Um, I uh, I barely barely rem- remember the specs of my previous iterations, but the current one I'm particularly proud of because I had put a lot of time, work, and effort into it. Um, instead of a single machine with a hard drive dangling off of it, this is uh, two. Intel Nooks. Um, They are, uh, see, the model number is Nook 5i5rYB. They both have uh, Intel Core i5 5250U uh, processors running at 1.6 gigahertz, but with a max turbo of 2.7 gigahertz. They each have 16 gigabytes of RAM and a Samsung Evo 850 SSD. at 120 gigabytes. Uh, so the processors have each two cores and four threads. Uh, they are, <coughs> for uh, storage, they're using a Synology DS1513+. And that has an Intel Atom uh, D2700 processor running at 2.13 gigahertz. And that has two gigabytes of RAM. And that, that NAS is amazing. Um, Yes, there are cheaper solutions. There, there are QNAPs, there are neck You know what? They suck. Synology does a fantastic job. I decided I am sick of running my own file server. Um, so for that portion of it, I'll, I'll just buy an appliance for that. So this thing has five bays, uh, 14 terabytes of storage, and it's been going solid for five years. Um, it's got four, four terabyte C8 Iron Wolf 5900 RPM hard drive. Um, so networking, those are hooked up to a TP-Link Jetstream uh, TL-SG3216 managed 16-port switch. Um, they're all gigabit ports, and it being a managed switch makes a huge difference in what I'm able to do. Um, so typically, a regular just off-the-shelf switch is a unmanaged. There's no interface. It's just you plug things in. They're all on a flat network. With a managed switch, you're able to do... They they have an actual interface you can configure things with. Um, you can do things like setting up VLANs. You can set up two ports to be bonded together to provide active-active or active-passive um, uh, connectivity. Uh, you can uh, do what else can you do with it? Um, I'm mainly doing VLANing and the link aggregation. Um, but there's pl- plenty of other stuff you can do. And uh, what I do with mine is I use VLANing to separate uh, storage traffic from actual server traffic um, and from retro computing traffic as well, in fact. And that is hooked up to a PFSense router. Uh, so most routers are, you know, wireless access points and routers and a switch all into one. Well, this thing is just a router. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a NetGate SG2440. It runs, uh, PFSense, which is an open source, um, router operating system based on FreeBSD that is sublime. And the router itself has an Intel Atom processor. Uh, It's a C2358 at 1.74 gigahertz. Um, This is a dual-core processor, and it has four gigabytes of RAM. It actually has more RAM than my storage array. And Mm -hmm. this is what makes it special. It has four NICs. So along with having plenty of horsepower, it has four separate network interfaces. So instead of having one network, I can actually have four networks. Um, and what I do with that is one network supplies connectivity to my, uh, my main computers, laptops, phones, whatever. But then I also have my servers on their own network called the DMZ, and that is VLAN off. So some uh, most of my machines on the main network can access the servers, but the servers can't um, access the main network. That way it has that um, level of separation and security. And then I have a whole nother separated network for when we were playing around with uh, DOS machines. I didn't want Windows 98 anywhere near my packets, so I just gave it its own separate, you know, just go be virus-laden over there. Um And that covers the... Oh, and there's one more thing. Um, And for wireless, I have a Unify um, AP AC light access point um, that provides me with speedy wireless AC connectivity. Um, And that is all my hardware.
0: That is really, really detailed. I don't know if I have that much detail in mind but uh, I'll try. And a UPS of course. Um, UPS of course. Yeah. of course. and a and an electrical outlet. Yeah, yes, yes. And a shelf. Yeah, we need that. And a, sh- and, uh, and, a shelf. And 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 zip ties Walls. for managing the wires. That's right. Yes. And a floor. <laughs> um so so <laughs>
1: what do you what do you use this for? It's uh, quite intricate hardware here. Well, I was going to ask you the same thing but uh I'll, I I guess I'll answer first and then you answer those same questions. Um, I use this for a lot. So at a high level, I use it for listening to music. I run my own AirSonic server. So instead of Spotify, like all the cool kids do, I still have my own local music collection. And AirSonic allows me to listen to my music over over the internet through a desktop or through a mobile application. I'm using it for NextCloud, which is a uh kind of a replacement for Dropbox, but also very extendable. I mainly use it for managing my calendars and contacts. So my phone synchronizes its calendars and contacts with that. Um, I've also used that for sharing files with other using it as a secure file drop. I've even used it as a video conferencing service. Um, Nextcloud is fantastic. I use it as uh, I use it as a uh for MariaDB to provide the backend for the, the backend database for Nextcloud, um, I use it to manage my unifies, um, interface because that's its own server process. Uh, I use it for sync thing, which I use as a Dropbox replacement. Uh, that is a peer to peer peer to peer file synchronization program, similar to BitTorrent sync, but open source. And, um, and, uh, much better vetted than BitTorrent Sync is. Is is anyone even using BitTorrent Sync anymore? I wonder. Um, Hmm. but I'm also using it for a downloader setup, uh, via Usenet. So for grabbing, you know, TV shows, movies, it's using Sonar, Radar, NZBGit, uh, and because I am often sending snippets of code, um, and i'm not always talking on slack i run my own paste server paste server called private bin which is um a paste server that not even the uh, the administrator that being me would have the ability to view the contents of the paste on if somebody else were to use it it's designed to be uh secure and end to end encrypted like that so uh
0: yeah that's well wow, that's quite a bit pretty much
1: what I oh and um Underneath all of that, though, um, it's running uh, running Proxmox for the hypervisor. Uh, so that's where I spin up all my virtual machines, which I've trimmed down to, I think, only about three or four now. Uh, oh, Plex. I run Plex for watching my videos. Um, and all of my services are running in Docker containers. Well, no, it's actually not Docker. They're now container-d containers running on k3s kubernetes which is a very lightweight version of kubernetes i was running a whole rancher stack um and full kubernetes but now that's been trimmed down to this new service from rancher called k3s which is a single 40 megabyte binary and uh, that has reduced my ram consumption from about 30 gigabytes of ram to 12 for running the same services Wow, and that's it.
0: Yeah, that's a huge reduction.
1: That is everything.
0: Time to throw away those other sticks of RAM, <laughs> right? I was gonna say that uh, you know the ultimate challenge here, Chris, would be to run your entire server on a G four Cube. Oh, ooh, that is the ultimate challenge. <laughs> 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 they did have some FireWire drive. I think it had a I think it had a FireWire two two FireWire ports. I. I, I don't know. I got to check. But you could buy some of those Lacey, Lacy, I think I'm saying it right, hard drives and and then put them in a little daisy chain configuration or something. I don't know.
1: It would probably take about anyway. 10 G4 cubes to have the same horsepower as what those two nooks have.
0: Yeah, but it looks so cool. Anyway, <laughs> well,
1: uh, yeah, with
0: my home lab, um, I decided to go the beast route. And uh and I don't even run as many services as you do, but uh but I had to have the beast. So I ended up buying a Dell for, uh T420. It's uh it's a server made, it's a tower server that is made with uh for two processors, and the processors, max processors you can use are Xeon V3s. Uh so I believe it's using Ivy Bridge. I don't know. I have to check. Um, but anyway, the the servers that I or uh, V2s. Ah, now I'm getting all confused. I, I had all this stuff uh, planned in, in my head, and, and I and now I'm confused about which ones are they V3s or V2s. Maybe V2s. Anyway, it's built on the Ivy Bridge architecture, and uh, I have two. So it's a it's a motherboard that has two sockets, and uh, and it's got ten core processors on each socket, and they're hyper threaded. So each socket, you know, so I have twenty real cores and forty virtual cores. I'm running a um Adaptic uh an Adaptic what is that called? It's like a SAS controller, uh an Adaptic SAS controller, which is uh, actually powering my entire RAID setup. I have a like a mixed RAID uh setup going on right now. What is it, Chris? Like a RAID five?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's RAID five. Um
0: yeah. So it's a RAID 5 with, uh, I have four 8-terabyte Seagate Enterprise hard drives. And, um, but, you know, it's it's not the exact 32 terabytes because one of the hard drives gets used for redundancy. And so, you know, I have less space than that. But still, it's a lot of space. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the hardware there. I think it has two power supplies as well. Uh, one of them is a 700 watt and the other one's a 450 watt. That's the one that came with it and uh so they're redundant power supplies if one goes down the other one picks uh picks right right up and you won't have downtime uh so yeah uh the hard drive configuration is really neat because it uses these caddies and you can just pull them out and i believe they're hot swappable so you can just take them out uh although i haven't tried that and i'm a little bit scared too right now <laughs> but but yeah um that's that's about all the hardware. I mean, you know, the, for the for the server itself, it's it's just got a backplane, and in the backplane, you can just connect all these different hard drives, and you know, of course, they use uh, the SAS connector, but the SAS is fully compatible with the SATA connectors, so you could just buy SATA hard drives and you and do it that way. Uh, they don't have all the SAS features, but um, but you know, SAS SATA hard drives are cheaper, uh, and you know, with the amount of uh, amount of this space that you get for SATA hard drives. <laughs> Uh, I think I spent something like 100 or 120 bucks for these eight terabyte drives. I mean, not all of them, but each, you know, so that's still a really great pri- price for, for eight terabytes. I remember spending that price on a 20 gigabyte hard drive, Western Digital back then, back in the back in the day. Um, so yeah, and uh, and the services that I'm running on it are, um, you know, Plex Media Server, just, just like you. Uh, and I also have an xCloud server as well, although I don't really seem to use it as much as you. Um, I still have it on there. Save my documents and stuff. It's Really handy on my phone. I like having the uh, Nextcloud app on my phone, and I need to save the document. I just put it on my Nextcloud, and uh, and I'm done with that. So um, that's pretty neat. Um, and I remember that we did test the video function uh, on a, on a web browser. I would love to test it on the phone. I haven't tried that yet, and I would like to do that.
1: It actually at some point. works decently well on the phone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I'd like to, yeah, let's let's do that sometime. Um, I was running a Rocket Chat server, but again, nobody was using it. There, there seems to be this constant thing in my life where people I build a chat room and nobody uses it. Um, <laughs> so, so I just kind of you know shut it down because it's just taking up resources, even though I have a ton of it, uh, but you know for no reason. Um, let's see what else. Uh, file sharing, of course, uh, you know the old stuff. Uh, I have uh, an FTP, um, although with Nextcloud, it's kind of not necessary. Um, running SoundCloud. Um, yeah, those are the main things I'm running. But I also have this really neat thing that I recently learned about. And that was, you know, how Google Stadia, you can play games uh, through Google's platform, which basically means the games are installed on Google Cloud, Google platform. Uh, they're running these, uh, I believe they're Blade servers. That house these uh these uh the video cards uh, the Nvidias or whatever they are Radeons, um, but they they have them all together uh in these blade servers and then they have multiple users connecting to it. So I thought, what a great idea! I want to do that in my home lab. I want to be able to build my own kind eh, of quote unquote gu- Google Stadia, but you know, there's other technologies, of course. Um, it wouldn't be running Google Cloud or anything like that. So I ended up learning a lot about how to do remote gaming using programs like Parsec and uh, and using uh, another program like Rainway to be able to uh, to play games on my server remotely. So if I wanted to play on an iPad on my phone, um, you know, I could do that. So I ended up installing a GPU uh, to that, and I passed through the GPU on Proxmox through one of my VMs. And so the VM saw the full GPU. And uh, then I was able to, uh, using one of these uh, low latency services like Parsec or Rainway, uh, I was able to, you know, to play games at a decent resolution uh, with all the effects turned on and everything. It's very dependent on your connection though. So if anybody out there wants to try this, you can just make sure that your internet connection is definitely uh, good. It's strong because otherwise you're going to have uh, high latency and and the, your ping time is going to be really bad and so your response time is going to be bad. Uh, you could have a blurry picture and everything, but um, but yeah, I mean Parsec and Rainway, they're using I think codecs like H two six four H two six five. I mean they're really compressed, but they're great for for this kind of stuff. And and they automatically detect your if you have an Xbox controller and you connect it to your computer, either be a Bluetooth or uh, or USB wire, it automatically. Um, it automatically finds it and, and uses that. So you could play this thing anywhere uh, with a controller. And the ultimate test was, well, I wanted to connect to Chris's Doom server on, um, on my, on my iPhone and, and then show it to you, Chris. Like I, I wanted to, to just, you know, there was like a show off kind of thing, like, hey, hey, look what <laughs> I'm doing. And, and so then I, I just, uh, I did it. I was able to connect using Rainway via my phone. There's a Rainway app. And I connected to my server, and I was playing the, and then I was connected to your server, and uh, and and uh, I was playing Doom on my phone using the Xbox controller through Bluetooth. That was really. And neat. then to top it all, yeah, yeah, man, I wanted to show off, and and uh, and then to top it off, I used um, casting, casting to my TV. So then I was playing outside too. I have an outside TV, and so I wanted to play Doom outside. Uh, you know, with my Xbox controller. So yeah, that that was uh, something that I, I wanted to you know do try out, and uh, it worked well. I mean, I had um, at one point I had two GPUs on that uh, on that server, and then my brother connected to it, and then I was connected to it, and we were both playing Unreal Tournament. Uh, so we were playing against each other and everything. There was some some latency, uh, so it wasn't perfect, but it worked, and and that's what uh, was really cool about it. Um, so yeah, that's that was my my. My thing on the new home home lab. i wanted to build a big you know like a beast to be able to try this kind of stuff out um yeah now that i now that i know how to do it and everything i I could do it again but uh i haven't really had time to play especially now with my daughter and everything so i just kind of took the gpu out no need for having you know you consuming the extra power and not to mention heat that it generates uh for just sitting there and I, i just haven't used it in a while so but it's you know I already left the VM and everything on. It's all there. I just need to uh connect the GPU and it's back online.
1: That was a really neat setup when you had it going. Uh you had me try it and it did work well. Uh you had me playing uh Destroy All Humans, the uh new one. Yes. And um Yep. Yeah, it was a, a little bit, you know, laggy and compressed, but the the, the controls were, were solid. Um it it was playable and I actually was looking forward to trying it again um then when we tried rainway that didn't work as well you you, you had me trying parsec uh Rain, mm-hmm. rainway uh went through the web browser instead of its own dedicated application and uh right. yeah that that didn't work well at all um but i i think the biggest constraint is your upload bandwidth it's um yep if you had something like uh, like Verizon FiOS, where you had you know one hundred or four hundred up and down, it would be a lot better.
0: Right. Yeah, it's definitely dependent on that. And if somebody else is on your, on your network, you know, my wife is watching Netflix and all that stuff. It's definitely using up your bandwidth. Uh, so you know, that's that's one of those things that um, that it could be better. And actually, it does get it. So Rainway actually receives like weekly. Updates. Um, I've noticed Rainway; they they continuously make updates to their application. So I'm hoping that now, uh, or sometime soon, will they'll be at a good point like uh, like Parsec, which also uh, Parsec um, updates their applications as well. Uh, One neat thing about Parsec is, is that if you install it, and I haven't installed, I could potentially log into your machine. You know, it always asks for everything. It's not like I can just you know intrude into your machine. It asks if this person can join and everything, and and you could potentially play a a a two player game on the same machine, so uh let's say you had you had uh, I don't know street Fighter going right and you had a two player match and you assigned one to controller and the other one the mouse, I could potentially log in to your machine running parsec and then I could be the second player so there is that ability as well very cool yeah, yeah, it's gone a long way and uh, and i I think they'll just continue making it uh more and more refined and better and and everything. So, you know, just another one of those neat things that uh, you can do with uh, with your own home lab. Uh, I've been watching a lot of YouTube and uh, on, on people building home labs and they definitely have their very intricate setups. I mean, way bigger than what, what we both have. Uh, one guy dedicated his entire basement to it. So, he has, you know, servers, uh, blade servers, you know, rack mounts and everything. And uh, I don't know what his energy bill is, but I don't think he cares. <laughs> um, so, maybe he's running like uh, miners or something, you know, some, maybe he's, uh, you know, Bitcoin mining or something. I don't know. But, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, it's, it looks like that's what his passion is. And, uh, and he's just kind of building it more and more. Um, but it's really neat to see uh, people uh, building these setups. And then you get, you know ideas and it's like oh I want to try that uh that might work well in my own setup so
1: you know that's that's just one of those things i am a little envious of that server you have you have so much in the way Power. Of, in the way of hardwa- hardware resources that i could do so much with um yeah man and um meanwhile i'm um i'm struggling just to you know fit everything into 32 gigs of ram um <laughs> Well,
0: see, the thing about it is though, is that it's, it's admirable what you're doing because you're, you're probably consuming a fraction of the power right. that I'm using and, and, and that's my goal you know, and such, yeah. And, and such low resources, um, you're, you're accomplishing so much, which is actually, you know, that's really, really neat.
1: I think mine's under a hundred watts, probably around. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's definitely not what I'm doing. So, um, you know. Uh, that's, that's really neat. I mean, I think that your next step, if you, if you ever wanted to evolve this home lab would be, I don't know, man, a stack of Raspberry PIs all put together in like a, in those pizza boxes or whatever, you know, the little tiny boxes they put
1: together. That is the next step. stack them up. That actually is the next step because now that I've, uh, learned how to use K3S, uh, one of its features is it's optimized for ARM and, um, -hmm. I want to set up a four, a four node, um, Raspberry Pi cluster. I've already priced it out. I think it would be about I don't know four hundred dollars to get um, the case and four Raspberry Pi, um, four eight gigabyte models, um, and the memory sticks and all that, or the um, SD cards rather. But uh, yeah, that would <laughs> those things consume six watts apiece. There you go. So
0: yeah, yeah, your home lab will be. Um... Nice and green. I would, Not like mine, man. I'm
1: over here burning coal. <laughs> I would, I, I would have the same amount of RAM. Uh, definitely slower storage, but you know, I'm doing all of my um, my virtual machines' hard disk isn't on the internal storage. They're all mm-hmm. on the um, on an NFS share on the Synology. So you know, what would be really what would be really ironic
0: is if after that build. You were like, "Well, now I'm not consuming any power because I have everything on the cloud." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that's great though. That's awesome. Um, I'm over here burning coal, you know, to, to keep mine up. So uh, I'm I'm not saving the planet by having mine. So, uh, but, uh, but wh- yeah,
1: what's mm-hmm. what's gonna be uh what, what's gonna be next for you, home lab wise? Um, what do you want to deploy next? Uh, what kind of hardware do you want to get into next?
0: I don't know about increasing the hardware right now. Um, I'm having a problem with one of my disks. it's not uh, the the raid is not recognizing the the disk and so and it's weird because I even updated the firmware on that hard drive uh, so it can match the same firmware as the other hard drives but still it doesn't want to add I can't add I can't expand the raid so I'm a little bit concerned about that. I wanted to expand the raid more um, so that that's one of those things uh but uh really you know processor wise and everything i mean i'm i'm not consuming nearly as much as it can hold uh i think oh i forgot to mention the amount of ram it has it has uh, I have, i'm using 96 gigs of ram <laughs> but the server is able to hold up to 300 and i think 84 uh 300 and something gigs of ram Lordy is what it could loo. have potentially yeah but i'm not using that much so I'm actually 96 uh, gigs is, is plenty because I'm not using, I might be at around 40 or 50 gigs being used right now. Uh, and then when I, of course, I turn on that VM with the GPU, I typically add 16 gigs of RAM to that and another 16 to the other GPU to the other VM. So, you know, they, they it does get used, but, um, but you know, that that's that's just one of those things that, um, you know, does it, uh, do I need that much power? I don't know. I mean, you seem to be doing a lot with a lot less resources, but for me, um, I think I'm going to keep what I have right now. Maybe try to figure out why my extra disc is not being, uh, read. And, uh, and then from there, uh, in regards to services, um, I, I think I might stand up to rocket chat again. Uh, maybe I'll start using instead of Jitsi or maybe just use Nextcloud instead, Um, and, uh, and I think that what I want to do is, uh, maybe make some multiplayer gaming again, um, either, either through the GPU gaming to kind of keep, keep that going, especially if you wanted to try it out, um, or just stand up some, you know, Quake 3 server or something like that and just keep it on, uh, just like you have your Doom server. So, uh, I might be doing that and, um, might be doing that pretty soon.
1: I have a couple of ideas for you yeah made backup server. ooh um I've never built a proper backup server before. yeah, you definitely need backups. Um, but uh, the idea that I was gonna say was, um instead of uh, rocket chat, you could try a matrix server. Um, that's a type of um, I haven't gotten into it myself, but uh, the big thing about it is it's fully federated, so I can set up a Matrix server, you can set up a Matrix server, we can federate them and talk to each other from our own, and that's one that's getting a lot of traction lately. Um, another thing, since you have what is it for?
0: What's a Matrix server do? Is that uh, for like file sharing or what? No, it's for um, it's for uh, for messaging.
1: Oh, for messaging. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um Matrix.org. It's uh, the website says an open network for secure, decentralized communication. So it's okay. fully open source, of course, and uh it's something that would be really fun to get into. Um especially together.
0: I do really like the idea of federating our servers, especially since they're always on and I mean and yeah. you know, so so if we could if we could have like its own separate vpn that's all that's constantly on and then we could just have kind of our own federated network of federation stockship federation <laughs> anyway yeah federated so and, um
1: that'd be really cool s- since you since you have the hardware there's one you can do that i can't because i tried mm-hmm. this and it just toppled my servers it, they're very okay. resource intensive and, and that is the the full jitsi stack um there's a lot of moving parts to it, but they do have it deployable in a Docker Compose fashion. So what you could do is you can spin up uh, one VM, assign it a buttload of RAM, uh, give it, I, I don't know, four, six, whatever cores, um, run, mm-hmm. and then um, run through the instructions to do Docker Compose up, let it get a certificate, and then you'll have actual Jitsi that will, that we are talking on right now, but self-hosted.
0: Nice. Yes, let's do it. I'm all about that. Yeah, I got to make this hardware. Uh, I got to put it to, to use, right? So yeah, let's do it. Um, I want to try it. I don't even have Docker running though. So um, uh, I think I'm gonna have to start from the beginning.
1: It'll be very easy to set up a machine that runs Docker. In fact, I have already set up a a minimal uh, Debian instance where um, on first on first boot, it'll just run a script, install install Docker, uh, turn off all the auto boot stuff. And, um, I can get you started with that pretty quick.
0: Great. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to have uh, one of those, uh, cool hangout
1: working sessions. That'll be fun. Oh, and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, backups. Um, wh- what I do for backups is on the Synology, um, it's able to back up stuff to any number of, um, Offsite site services. So in my case, I'm using S3, and I have a daily S3 job. It's um, using uh, using Synology's hyper-backup. It keeps seven days' worth of, um, of incremental backups, and it saved my bacon recently, because when I was playing with uh, K3S, um, there was a couple of times when I had to um, shut things off, sh- shut the VMs off Abruptly, even though I had snapshots, since they were using, um, storage via an, an NFS share, sync things database got corrupted. Um, which for me, that's huge because, um, I'm syncing three computers, one server and two laptops. And I would have, I would had to have set it all up from scratch again. And um, yes, I still have all the files, but the actual synchronization state would have been a royal pain to, to uh, redo. So mm. all I had to do was go into hyper backup, select the sync thing folder, tell it back up to yesterday. And uh, it was done. That's it, great. It, it preserved the, 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 the directory structure, the file permissions, everything.
0: Very neat. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's something I'm gonna have to think about
1: um, as well. Yeah, but uh, it needs yeah. n- needs to be automatic to where you don't even think about it.
0: Right, right. Yep, that's exactly it. That, that that's definitely <laughs> one of my requirements. Um. Well, the last thing that I wanted to mention about uh, home labs is that it has a pretty vibrant vibrant community. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, there's YouTubers out there that have their own home labs that talk about it. Um, there are Facebook communities out there that talk about it. Um, I, it's, it's, you know, they definitely have a presence in social media. Um, it's, it's a community that, uh, that's thriving actually. And, uh, you'd be surprised how many people are running their home labs and how friendly they are, um, to, to, to new users and everything and to get advice and all that. So, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that I, I feel like, uh, I was, I, you know, I, I became a member of a growing community and that was really neat.
1: So definitely.
0: That's uh I think that's it. That's about uh all I have to say about HomeLabs. Unless you have anything else,
1: Chris? No, that's about it. I'm I'm glad we got to uh re-record this one. I think it came out better. Did you hit save? <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's saving right now. Backing up to I'm actually at my friend's house right now. Um I'm not I, I'm not at home, but this is recording into my sync thing folder, which is automatically sending to my home lab, which is automatically getting backed up to S3.
0: Awesome. Just in case. Yep. All right. Well, then, um, sounds like that's a wrap. Um... Well, Chris, you want to tell them where to, where to go for the, you know, the deets? Oh,
1: that's right. I got to do that thing. Um, so we can be found on Facebook, facebook.com slash Fork Bomb Podcast. Also, we have a Twitter handle mm-hmm. that we never check, um, <laughs> at Fork Bomb Podcast. We can be emailed, uh, Fork at gmail.com. We have a website, Fork bean, as in nancy.com, um, you can leave comments directly on the website. You can leave comments on our Facebook page. You can tell us what we're doing great, what we're not doing so great. Uh, give us suggestions. Hit like, dislike. Um, like and subscribe, guys. So <laughs> mash that like button. Mash that like button. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I think, Ring that bell. <laughs> <laughs> ring that bell. I think, uh, <laughs> I think those are, um, that's about it. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Earl. Congrats again on being a dad. Yay.
0: All right. Thanks a lot and have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.